This is the HIV Diaries Podcast. A production of Bruiser TV, LLC. The doctor is in. My name is Dr. Jay Thomas, and this is the HIV Diaries Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, apparently whenever it wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube, Podbean, Facebook, facebook.com, backslash HIV Diaries, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, and very soon more outlets. We're going international more so than what we already have. The numbers for this program are growing on a very weekly basis. Cannot thank you guys and gals and everybody else enough for all the support that you have given this program. It really does mean a lot. SpiritLifeMedia at Yahoo.com is how you get in touch with the program. And as I stated before, you can access the program on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries. And we're going to kind of start off this week on a little bit of a different note. And this is going to be kind of a response, but not in the way you may think. And so I want you all to kind of bear with me on this as I speak on this matter. Let me get a sip of coffee here. Hang on. (sighs) The best part of waking up. All right. So before I get into what I would like to say, I want to preface it by saying that what you are about to hear is majority of it is strictly my opinion. I am going to attempt to stick to the facts of the matter without giving the situation away. At the same time, I can't make any guarantees because when I feel as passionately about something as I do, um, sometimes the passion overtakes me. And I don't want to say it becomes a problem, but it you know, maybe uh, people start to read too much into things. With that, here's what's going on. Recently, this program, the HIV Diaries, was, how can I put this, threatened with legal action. And the legal action that was threatened towards this program was done in a manner that was, um, I don't want to say it was on the sly per se, but it was done in such a manner that it really kind of, it, it, it made me kind of scratch my head. And here's why. The legal actions that were threatened against this program the HIV Diaries podcast, which is what it's called, by the way, just for future reference. It had to do with an entity claiming that somehow, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, basically a certain group of people got their feelings hurt. And they didn't like the way that I made coffee. Which was the short version and kind of a sarcastic description, but it's true. They didn't like the way I made coffee. So I'm going to let the world know that I don't like the way you make coffee because, well, you need to make coffee the way I do. Otherwise, you're doing it wrong. And quite frankly, it's just not right if you don't make the coffee the way I like it. So now that we've established that Apparently, I don't make coffee the way that others would prefer I do. The claim was that 
this program was too much for them to take. And this program caused them and everybody else around them to experience extreme mental anguish. So me being the person I am, I went back because maybe I missed something. Maybe there was something I didn't see. Maybe there was something I didn't hear. Maybe I'm just too darn insensitive. So I went back and I listened to these programs that they claimed all of this happened in. Just in case. And you know what I heard? I heard a program that stuck to the facts. I heard a program that didn't stray from the topic. I heard a program that gripped you and made you think and painted a picture in your mind. I also heard a program that was incredibly relatable. And getting back to the ability to, I guess, paint a picture in your mind, okay? You could close your eyes and see it. And you could imagine it. And every person, no matter who they are, has their own unique ability to create a theater within their mind. To see, perceive, or, for that matter, evaluate a certain situation. You know, I'll look at a situation differently than, let's say, you who are listening will... And the person who's sitting next to you or the other person that's listening to the program will also perceive and look at the situation or show differently than you or I or anybody else for that matter. You know, everybody is different. Everybody's very unique in their ability to sense and perceive a situation or maybe something happening, you know, right in front of them. And when you hear the stories that I describe on this program, whether it be from uh, let's say me or other individuals or other stories or from television news stations or radio news stations or news entities as a whole. You kind of get your own theater of the mind. You imagine what it was like. Then you'll have those who don't want to accept the truth. You'll have those who may not want to accept that it's real or that it happened. You know something else that's really, really strong, that's a powerful tool, is fear. And if you can overcome fear, you can overcome anything in life, I feel. You know, I had an ex-wife that tried to kill me. And after I survived that, and after I survived a suicide attempt at one point, and after I survived a group of medical people over at uh, the University of Toledo Medical Center, Ryan White Clinic, who committed fraud in my name and made up doctor's notes and stories about doctor's notes too, and all of which I can prove, by the way. After I got away from all of that mess and all of that drama, there wasn't really a whole lot left that I feared anymore because I survived it and I lived through it. So my whole attitude pretty much in life now since then is, you know what, unless you're actually going to complete the job of physically ending my life, I'm not the least bit scared of you. Bring it on. Because you know what? I got bigger fish to fry than people who don't like the way that I make coffee, <laughs> you know? How many other podcasts are there to listen to? You could listen to tens of hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of podcasts. You choose to listen to mine, which I appreciate and thank you. But if you don't like what I say, you don't have to listen, but you chose to listen to my program. Therefore, you accept the consequences of those actions that you chose to take. 
I'm not your mommy. I'm not your daddy. I'm not your guardian. I'm not your lawyer. Grow a set and be a man and accept responsibility. Or for that matter, if you're not a man, I don't care. It could be an alien from the planet Dua or whatever. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Point being, this is a very untraditional program in regards to outreach. We don't do things the same way here that everybody else does. It's not our intent. If we were going to be like everybody else, you would have never heard about us. We're different. We stand out among the crowd here at the HIV Diaries. I think we can all agree on that as well. Yeah, it is a very, very different show. But just because it's different doesn't necessarily give you the right to say, well, I'm offended. If you don't like it, turn it off. It's that simple. But don't go threatening legal action over me because you don't like the way that I make coffee. If you don't like the way I make coffee, go across the street. Get somebody else's coffee. Stop getting so butthurt over your insecurities. Face the music. Deal with reality. Because this is reality. And HIV is real. And domestic violence is real. And child abuse is real. And if you live in denial, you are just as guilty as those who commit those heinous acts. It is that simple. Now, before I get into the crux of this show, and before I get into what I'm going to discuss today, which is more on the topic of child abuse and neglect, I would like to give everybody an update on my status in regards to being undetectable. I had a doctor's appointment recently, and I'm proud to say I'm still undetectable. Yay! Yay. That's a good thing, right? Absolutely it is. After the mess and the debacle that was brought into my life courtesy of the fraudulent acts from the University of Toledo Medical Center, Ryan White Clinic, and those who were involved in my care, we're now getting everything back on the right track after a year and a half. And, you know, I'm not going to spend too much time going too deeply into it because... I'll be here all day long. And let's face it, I was once before. Did a number of shows about it late 2019 into the early 2020s. One time even going so far as to broadcast this show live from the parking lot of the Ruppert Health Center over at the campus of University of Toledo Medical Center on Arlington. And maybe one day I'll re-release that show because it was kind of fun. I had a good time doing that show, as crazy as that sounds. But yeah, we went live from UTMC Ryan White to confront them about their fraudulent acts and they never showed. It was interesting. Very interesting, actually. And that's the kind of show we have here. We take things head on. We'll confront you on things and we face the reality. We don't hide behind legal actions. We don't hide behind lawyers. We don't not return phone calls. We don't not return emails. We face the music here at the HIV Diaries. Maybe it's a little confrontational. Maybe it's a little in your face. But you know what? We take it head on. That's how we do it here. And sometimes taking things head on makes you see the reality of the situation. You know, we talked about that before. And the reality of it is, as we spoke about last week, you know, child abuse and neglect is very rampant. Um, we discussed that on some previous shows. And of course, you know, down in Lima, they've got the issues right now with children's services. But I want to kind of bring it back to the main topic we are who we are and we are all products of our environment at the end of the day. And it would be very easy to sit here and say that that's the complete and total blame for everything in regards to 
maybe why when people get older, they are the way they are. But as you get older, you got to take some personal responsibility and you have to be accountable. Once you become a legal age to do things as a whole, a lot of those excuses you used in your youth go out the window because in the eyes of the law, you're no longer a juvenile. You're no longer a minor. You are a legal adult and therefore you have to face the responsibilities of what takes place when you do things as a legal adult. And so now I'd like to discuss a little bit, uh, even though we've kind of touched on it, but not directly uh, recognizing and reporting child abuse or neglect. How do you recognize it? Well, uh, and this comes directly to us, by the way, from the Lucas County uh, Children's Services Board website, who is mandated by law to report suspected child abuse or neglect. Now, this section is interesting because it's worded as suspected child abuse or neglect, which means it doesn't have to happen for you to report it. You can believe it's going on or you can suspect it's going on. There are four types of child maltreatment, neglect, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse. Neglect, the failure to act on behalf of a child. So if you know it's going on and you don't do something about it, that could be considered neglect. It's an act of omission and generally falls into three categories. Physical neglect, failure to meet the child's basic requirement for physical development, such as supervision, housing, clothing, medical attention, nutrition, or support, emotional neglect, failure to provide the support and or affection a child needs for psychological and social development, and then educational neglect, failure to educate a child or attend to special education needs. And then there's a special note here. Cultural standards of care in the community and poverty may be contributing factors indicating the family is in need of information or assistance, especially when you get into the lower income neighborhoods like I was in growing up. Sometimes you don't have access to those things because you just don't have the resources, whether it be for one reason or another, especially in Section 8 neighborhoods, assistance, education, child care, that type of deal. Physical indicators of neglect. Chronic uncleanliness, poor hygiene, including lice, scabies, severe or untreated diaper rash, untreated illness or injury, unsuitable clothing or missing key articles of clothing, socks, shoes, or a coat. This particular part right here, uh, unsuitable clothing makes perfect sense or missing key articles of clothing. Have you ever tried to keep a pair of shoes on a kid? <laughs> Have you ever tried to do that? It's, uh, it, it can be a challenge sometimes, but I get what they're saying and I, and I agree. Height and weight significantly below age level. Behavioral indicators of neglect, chronic hunger, tiredness or lethargy, begging or collecting leftovers, unusual school attendance. This happened with my brothers growing up a lot with my mother. Frequent or chronic absence, lateness, coming to school early or leaving late. Assuming adult responsibilities, vandalism, or delinquency. Now, this next section is called abuse. And uh, I guess this is where I'm going to have to kind of be a little bit careful because I've been asked to be. <clears throat> abuse represents an action against a child. It is an act of commission and generally falls into three categories. Physical abuse, the non-accidental injury to a child. For example, and I've seen this happen because my mother did this. Let's say you hit your kid and oops, I have to cover myself. So when you bring the child back from the visitation, 
because my mom did this to my dad. I watched it happen. Oh, well, the, uh, you know, so-and-so was playing with them too hard. I've seen it happen. My mother used to beat the living hell out of my brother and then blame it on my other brother. It's, it's not funny, but it did happen. I was there. I saw it. Sexual abuse. Any act of a sexual nature upon or with a child. The act may be for the sexual gratification of the perpetrator or a third party. This would therefore include not only anyone who actively participated in the activity, but anyone who allowed it. So, I'll give you an example. I mean, obviously, you can use your imagination here, but just a slight example. Uh, let's say a child goes for visitation, okay? And there are unexplained bruises on the child's inner thighs when they come back. What would you think? You think there might be something going on there since it can't be explained? It's a possibility, you know? Uh, this also includes rape, touching, fondling, or involving a child in pornography. Emotional abuse, chronic or consistent attitude or acts that interfere with the psychological and social development of a child, such as criticizing, insulting, rejecting, or withholding love from a child. So basically, this would also incorporate if you tear down your child to build them back up. Yeah, that's crossing the line a little bit. Wouldn't you agree? Indicators of physical abuse, unexplained chronic or repeated bruising, unexplained burns or other unexplained or repeated injuries, behavioral extremes, withdrawal, aggression and or regression, excessive fear of the parent or caregiver, unusual shyness, wariness of physical contact, an attempt to hide injuries. And sometimes the child is young enough. They don't really understand that last one. But as they get older, they do depression or excessive crying Antisocial behavior such as substance abuse, truancy, or running away. Indicators of sexual abuse. Uh, somatic complaints including pain and irritation of the genitals. Frequent unexplained sore throats, yeast or urinary infections. Discharge, I believe, would uh, qualify in that as well. Bruises or bleeding from external genitals, vaginal or anal region. Torn, stained, or bloody underclothes promiscuity or seductive behavior, reluctance to participate in recreational activity, recurrent nightmares, disturbed sleep patterns, or fear of the dark, i.e. night terrors, sudden decline in school performance in young children, preoccupation with his slash her sexual organs, his or her parents, or other children's. Such as if a young child touches himself and says something out of line, that's usually a sign there's something going on with someone or one of the parents or a caregiver or such. Indicators of emotional abuse, eating disorders, speech disorders, such as stuttering, weight or height significantly below the norm, flat or bald spots on an infant's head, nervous disorders, hives, rashes, facial tics, stomach aches, habit disorders, such as biting, rocking, or headbanging, Regressive behaviors, thumb-sucking, baby talk, that type of deal. Self-isolation, cruel behavior to other children or animals. Substance abuse, excessive risk-taking, suicide attempts, prostitution delinquency. Fire setting is also on there. And, and that's just a short list. That's the short list. Now, the next one. And this is very, very important, and I want to touch on this, because I feel this is something that kind of goes ignored for a lot of different reasons. Who is mandated by law to report suspected child abuse or neglect? 
A mandated reporter is anyone who works in a professional capacity with children. Mandated reporters are required by law to report if he slash she suspects or knows that child abuse is occurring. So if you know it or if you think it may be happening or if there's a possibility, you got to do it. Ohio Revised Code, ORC, for all you legal beagles listening to the program right now. Section 2151.421 clearly removes the option of choice. I repeat, ORC Section 2151.421 clearly removes the option of choice and requires immediate reporting of known or suspected alleged child abuse and neglect for the following professionals. Now, you've got, of course, child care workers in here, children's services personnel, coroners, daycare personnel, dentists, nurses, peace officers, physicians, podiatrists, psychiatrists, school authorities, social workers, speech pathologists, animal control officers, believe it or not, is on that list, audiologists. But there's one that sticks out for me, and I'm saving the best for last. Attorneys. Attorneys. You know, they got that little rule that you don't have to share or or put anything out there publicly, you know, because you you have that privilege there between you and your client. And I grew up around legal people. I grew up around law enforcement. I grew up... uh, Gosh, I mean, down in down in Lima in the mid to late 80s, man, you couldn't go into a bar or into a restaurant or anywhere in downtown Lima without seeing one or two lawyers. And my father was involved in the law enforcement community and the legal community a little bit. So I kind of grew up with a little bit of a and knowledge. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm a lawyer or a qualified paralegal, but I grew up around enough of it to where I have a general understanding of what works. And I don't want to say what I can and can't get away with, but I think you know where I'm going with that. But if you're an attorney, if you're a lawyer, if you are in the legal profession, okay, and you know that there's child abuse going on with your client and your client is clearly doing something wrong to their child, you have to report that. You don't have a choice. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much influence you have. It doesn't matter your history, your background, who you know at the local law school, who you know on the prosecution level, who you know within that county. It doesn't matter who or what you are. You have to report it. You don't have a choice in the matter. And... If it's being suspected, you have to do it as well. So if something happens, and it's clearly obvious that your client could potentially be doing this, you got to report it. You can't keep protecting the abuser. You know, you have to stand up for the children and not just for your own ego. You know, imagine that being a lawyer and attorney, knowing that your client is guilty of sin and you do nothing to protect the child. From the abuser, i.e. your client. God, I can't imagine what that must be like to have to live with that guilt. Although Ohio law encourages everyone to report alleged child abuse and neglect, in most cases, it is an option left for personal and moral decision. The exception is those professions that have an inherent responsibility to report. The ethical commitment to families and children that these professionals have accepted through virtue of their positions is recognized under Ohio law, and thus they are mandated 
to report alleged child abuse and neglect. I don't want to say I'm a survivor of child abuse, but I did see it, so I guess in a way I am. I'm also a big survivor of domestic violence and abuse with my ex-wife. Um, I guess you could say the apple didn't fall too far from the tree there for me. But um, here in Lucas County in Toledo, there is a way that you can report if you think any of this is going on with someone you may know. And they will take your call and they will take your report and they will take note of it and they will investigate because I've seen it. What should I do if I think a child has been abused or neglected? Call the local Child Protective Service Agency or Department of Human Services. If you have concerns about a family residing in Lucas County, i.e. Toledo, you can call Children's Services 24 hours a day at 419-213-CARE. That's 419-213-2273. You will be connected to a specialist in the intake department. Uh, And then it has a question here. What if the person causing the harm or neglect is someone I know? Can I call anonymously? We understand that you may be reluctant to tell us who you are or even hesitant about calling at all. Reporting child abuse is not pleasant, especially when it involves the children of a relative, neighbor, or friend. However, the worst thing you can do, really, is nothing. Before you make the decision not to call, remember that the abuse or neglect a child may be experiencing will likely continue if you fail to act. You can make a report anonymously. Repeat, you can make a report anonymously. But of course, they prefer that you give them your name. And that's on here. Uh, But you can do it anonymously. Your identity will be kept confidential, though, if you choose to share it. They will not give your name to the person allegedly harming the child nor to the child's family. They may just need to follow up with you if they need additional information to investigate and so on and so forth, which is totally understandable. So there you go, little information about reporting child abuse and neglect and the signs. And uh, I just want to thank you all for hanging in there with us while we do the shows. These shows uh, are very important to me and they're important to other people as well. And uh, maybe somebody close to you, it's important to them. And it can help them through a tough situation and help them battle against the odds and get out of a bad situation. And if you know a child, or if you know of a child potentially getting abused with any of the signs that I mentioned before, please, by all means, do not, do not, do not hesitate to call whatsoever and report and help that young child, especially here in Lucas County, 419-213-2273. Once again, 419-213-CARE. My name is Dr. J. Thomas. This is the HIV Diaries podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean, and Facebook. Facebook.com backslash HIV Diaries. Spirit Life Media at Yahoo.com is how you get in touch with the program. You may also find us on Stitcher and iHeartRadio. We'll see you next time on the HIV Diaries podcast right here. All right. You guys be good out there. Take care. God bless and take care of your children and take care of your families. God bless.